historic Dutch bridge will be dismantled so that Jeff Bezos' giant super yachts can make its way out to sea. No. Yep, the Amazon Founders vessel will be the world's largest sailing yacht, at least it's a sailing yacht, at 417 feet long and its 40 metre high trio of masts is too tall to make it under Rotterdam's Koningshaven Bridge, according to Boat International. Uh, the yacht's builder Ocean Co. have asked the city to temporarily remove the bridge, which is known as De Hef and dates from 1878. It was last renovated in 2017 and uh, the company and billionaire have offered to pay for the work. Marcel Wolvravens, who managed the renovation projects, hold RTV. Now, it was not practical to partially finish the vessel and complete construction elsewhere. If you carry out a big job somewhere, you want all your tools in that place. Otherwise, you have to go back and forth constantly. In addition, this is such a large project that there are hardly any locations where the work is finished. He added, from an economic perspective and maintaining employment, the municipality considers this very important. Rotterdam also has been declared the maritime capital of Europe. Shipbuilding and activity within the sector are therefore an important pillar for the municipality. As the plans look now, the preparation will take about a week. There are a lot of cables on De Hef, and as soon as you remove the first one, it no longer works. After that week, we remove the middle part, and with a bit of luck, we'll have it back a day later. After that, it will take another week to put everything back in place. What if he's going to pay compensation to disgruntled car drivers? <laughs> oh well, when you've got that amount of money, you can do anything really, can't you? Within reason. Or not within reason, as the case may be. The Press Review is brought to you by BMW Côte d'Azur. Uh, the pressure still on Boris Johnson, says the London Times. Five Conservative MPs called for Boris Johnson's resignation in just over 24 hours amid growing unrest at his handling of the Downing Street Party saga. A clutch of batch benches from different generations and various rings of the party that took the total number of Johnson's own MPs publicly demanding his departure to 13. Uh, unofficial sources say that number may be as high as 20 and a more may put in letters over the coming days. In this morning's Le Monde, French President Emmanuel Macron has said he might visit Russia to find a diplomatic solution to the current standoff. On Wednesday, Macron and US President Joe Biden agreed to coordinate their response to Russia's military build-up on the Ukrainian border. The Allies agreed to stay in close touch in consultation with NATO as well as other European uh, Union members and on a coordinated and comprehensive approach. Uh, from the Belfast Telegraph, Irish Foreign Minister Simon Coveney has warned the decision to halt Irish sea border checks would be a breach of international law. Sinn Féin, the SDLP, the alliance, have rounded on Edwin Poots for ordering his officials to stop the agri-food checks at Northern Ireland ports from midnight. Uh, last night, uh, Jim Allister's TV was the only party to welcome the move. And in the Figaro, domestic violence victims in France will now be notified when their former partner is to be released from jail. The move is part of measures put in place at the start of February to combat domestic abuse in France, where one woman is murdered by a man every three days. BBC World Service News live from London is coming up. The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Mies Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Can, BMW Store Monaco and JPV Fréjus. Boost your business with the electrified range by BMW. Find all the BMW business drive offers at your car dealer. Time for the thrilling Thursday pop-tastic pop quiz. Question number one. Born on this day in 1947, Dave Davies was an English singer, songwriter and guitarist and was a member of which four-member band? The Kinks. Correct. Question number two. On this day in 1973, Sir Elton John started a three-week run at number one in the US chart. 
with a song which was inspired by Elton's discovery of a leading Australian band, Daddy Cool, and their hit single, Eagle Rock. Can you tell me what Elton's song was? 73. Yeah. <sighs> Three-week run at number one yeah. in the US, well, 1973, and it was inspired from yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've lost me, but um, 73, it'd have to be... It's not good by Yellow Brick Road. No, you're not listening to the end of the question. Yeah, Eagle something. Eagle Rock. Uh, crocodile Rock. Yes, well done. <laughs> and uh, finally, on this day in 1990, for the first time ever, uh, the UK top three singles featured non-British and non-American acts with Australia's Kylie Minogue and Belgium's Technotronic, and which female Irish artist was uh, had her first UK number one single? Sinead O'Connor? Yeah. Nothing and... compares to... Still prefer the Prince version, but... You're in charge. Uh... He did well there. Well, you yeah, had to give me the second one, didn't you? Well... Yeah. You're not supposed to help me, you know. OK, all right. Riviera Radio. Business. Good morning. Good morning. There you were, trying to squeeze into your suit, couldn't get the top button of your <laughs> shirt done up, and it was all a false alarm. You were ready, shoes polished, tie on, and all of a sudden you had to stay at home. Hermes tie was laid out, the uh, the extra starch was on the collar for the shirt, and I was ready for a big day in the city of London, all to be taken away from me. Unfortunately, my little boy Henry, who's seven, came home with a positive test yesterday evening and uh, so delayed my return back to this city, I guess, for a few days or a week or so. But we'll have to wait to see how it plays out. I, one thing I have to tell you is that um, certainly in his class, I want to say that probably a quarter of the people in his class are off with now COVID. His teacher has COVID, so going through the schools is quite dramatic. And I mean, I don't know if this is scientific, but something that you have seen is that the children bring it home and although we're negative at the moment, one suspects over the next few days that could well change. So we will monitor the situation carefully. That's the problem with children. They're always bringing something home, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It never stops, <laughs> even when they're, uh, when they're teenagers, people tell me. So you've got to be careful. Does that mean you've got to isolate then? Uh, we don't have to isolate, actually, but you know, again, if you know, if we're just work, if we've been working from home for so long, it's kind of makes sense not to rush back into the office if your children have it, I suppose. Yeah, um, I suppose on the plus side, that means you can uh, hang around in your pajamas eating donuts again. <laughs> There's been enough of that, quite frankly, in the really? past two years. I would love to be in the city, not not the. Uh, the pyjamas, all the donuts, to be fair, but the, the shorts and the chocolate hobnobs have been a feature of the past couple of years, and I oh. feel getting back to the office would be good all round. Chocolate hobnobs, uh, dark chocolate hobnobs. Uh, no, the classic. <laughs> They're not classic. Right, anyway, enough about biscuits and uh, your son's illness. Uh, markets, uh, four straight positive sessions on Wall Street. Yeah, in the regular session, actually, equities were looking in pretty good shape after to those recent gains. You say the US stocks registering the biggest four-day rally since November 2020. 
dip buyers powering an 8% rally in the Nasdaq since last Thursday. S&P 500 closed up 9 tenths 1%. Nasdaq was up half of 1% following solid results that we spoke about from the previous day from Alphabet and from AMD. But disappointing results from Meta, which of course the owner of Facebook spooked investors, saw its shares sinking 20% yesterday, wiping $180 billion off its market value. Spotify shares also slumping. I think they were down around about 10% on the back of its results. Huge day, of course, for markets today as they await the outcome from the interest rate decisions from the Bank of England and from the European Central Bank. European um, forecasts for the open are in negative territory. Currently calling the FTSE down 19 points. Stacks over in Frankfurt down 93 points. Cat Quantum Paris down 29 points. The pain could actually be on Wall Street. Looking at the US future this morning, got the S&P down 1%. The Nasdaq future is currently trading down 2%. So are there signs that the metaverse might be cracking? Uh, well, the actual fourth quarter numbers were okay. If you look at revenue, it was up 20%. Net income came in at $10.3 billion. The disappointment was really around the user growth and those first quarter forecasts. They said user additions stalled in the fourth quarter and offered a disappointing forecast for the current period in terms of user growth. Facebook reported 2.91 billion monthly users in the fourth quarter, which in itself, absolute number is obviously very strong, but it represents no growth over the prior period as a social media company faces increased competition, particularly from the video platforms. Certainly younger people are trending towards the likes of TikTok and to YouTube, less in terms of Facebook. So struggling to attract those all important 18 to 29 year olds could well be a major problem for the company. Technical changes to Apple's iOS software for its iPhones also means that Facebook is finding it harder to gather data, which is making targeting advertising a little bit harder as well. If you look at the first quarter forecast, it's talking about revenue between 27 and $29 billion. Analysts have penciled in something above $30 billion. Also, forecast expenditure above expectations lots of unanswered questions you could argue about that transition into the metaverse as well this is the vision for an immersive internet and a number of regulatory battles they're having to fight as well so uh, a range of factors probably weighing on investors minds as they look through the figures and uh, and the outlook statement it's pretty scary the metaverse if you ask me everyone will just be locked in front of their phones or their computers all day and won't even go out anymore <laughs> Living in a virtual world. Yeah. Never have to leave the, uh, the, the four walls of your bedroom. Um, but the problem is for Facebook, it's a bit like radio, actually. It's because it's not attracting younger listeners or, you know, people signing up. I mean, my daughter tells me that. Oh, Facebook's I wouldn't say that. People. This show is very trendy. This show hits that demographic <laughs> right in the mouth. I mean, yeah, but if you they love the... murder on the dance floor, 18 to 29-year-olds. <laughs> they, they love the stuff you're doing. Uh, I mean, those cheeky little jokes jokes, those political satire. I mean, I don't put yourself down. No, if you look at the stats, though, I mean, younger people are definitely not listening to radio in, in the numbers they were 20 years yeah. ago, say. And my Very daughter true. keeps telling me that Facebook's for old people and she's on TikTok and doesn't not interested <laughs> in Facebook at all. Exactly right. Talking about political satire, those letters are starting to mount up, aren't they? You're watching that very carefully. I don't know what the number. I don't. I don't know if we get a running commentary. Are we around no. thirty? I don't know. What? Is, 
Well, well, I can't remember where the numbers... Three broke gone. cover yesterday, 12 have gone public, and uh, it's estimated oh, okay. more than 20 have gone in, so it's only another 34 to reach the magic number of 54. OK, but it's a two-stage process that we should remember. Yes. Number one is forcing that vote in no confidence. Number two is, you know, is, is Boris Johnson losing that vote in no confidence. If memory serves me correctly, I'm certainly not a political analyst, but I seem to remember from Theresa May, even if you get the vote of no confidence, you only have to win that by one vote. Is that correct? Got to get, it's I not think, like a... I think it's 188 uh, you've got to get to survive, or 180, one of those two. Uh, if he gets to that oh, yeah. number, he But it's survives. not like, a you know, the margin. It would, I remember Margaret... At Thatcher's Day was there not a margin involved there? I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but she was she was basically sort of informed by the men in grey suits uh, that she wouldn't win the second round. So um, mm. it's entirely possible that Johnson could uh, could survive and uh, get the number he needs. But uh, there's certainly growing opposition, especially after what he said about Keir Starmer and Jimmy Savile in the House of Commons the other day. Uh, anyway, uh, Bank of England interest rates a quarter percent hike. You think? Yeah, we've been focusing, of course, on the Federal Reserve, that central bank focus shifts across the Atlantic, particularly to the Bank of England today, where we do indeed expect the Monetary Policy Committee to vote to hike rates by 25 basis points, a quarter of 1%. Remember, in November, the UK economy finally surpassed its pre-pandemic level as output recovered more quickly than anticipated. The UK labour market is strong, unemployment having fallen to 4.1%. Job vacancies being a record high of 1.25 million. In addition, the service sector has bounced back. Consumers have been spending. Construction and manufacturing activity have been beating growth forecasts. But actually, the Bank of England not hiking rates because the economy is doing so well. It's that familiar story about the threat of inflation. We forecast that, well, if you look at December, remember CPI hit 5.4%. That's the highest in almost 30 years. Higher fuel and food prices, rising goods costs been driving up UK inflation. We forecast that CPI will peak at 6.6% in April as Ofgem ups that price cap. We'll hear more about that today. Then easing back in the second half of the year, but still printing around 3.6% in December. The elevated inflation labour market tightness encourage the Bank of England to hike rates by 15 basis points in December. We look for them to back that up today with, a, as I say, a quarter of 1% increase and a further 25 basis points in May, putting the base rate at 0.75% uh, by the middle of the year. And by then, though, we think that full inflation, fiscal tightening, global monetary tightening should take some of the wind out of the Bank of England's tightening sales. OK, foreign exchanges, please. Got the pound against dollar coming in at 135 and a half. Euro dollar coming in at 113. Going to get one euro 20 cents for your British pound this morning. Remember the European Central Bank meeting as well. Look for an uneventful meeting. Uh, markets will probably be focusing on what takes place in March when we get the new macro projections. Was that the sound of you trying to get the lid off a package of Krispy Kreme donuts there? Was it? Krispy <laughs> no, uh, Kreme donuts are good. I think what's weird about Krispy Kreme, you buy one, it's like five hundred pounds, and you buy five hundred, and it's like five hundred and one pounds, isn't it? So you need a lot of friends. That is my point. If you want to uh, eat Krispy Kreme donuts in any economical fashion, well, that's not something that you'll manage to achieve. Uh, right. We'll have a nice day off, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> have a good day. Hank Boston Barclays on FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Leicester has the top stories across the Riviera.
France's health minister, Olivier Véran, has spoken about the health situation in France, saying that the peak of the epidemic now seems to have passed. Speaking on French television on Wednesday evening, Véran made several relatively optimistic announcements, estimating that the worst was behind us. The Minister of Health also suggested that the vaccine pass could be removed earlier than the legal date of July the 31st. Olivier Véran said that at least one in two French people has contracted a form of Covid since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. Meanwhile, during his weekly report on Wednesday, government spokesman Gabriel Attel has warned that between three and five million French people will lose their vaccination pass for lack of a booster dose. From February the 15th, the rules will change for people over 18 years of age. 54 million French people have received at least one dose and 35 million have received a booster dose. The government spokesman called on the French who have not yet had the vaccine booster to do so. And France has banned travellers from entering if they were double-jabbed nine months ago or more. It means those visiting France will have to get a booster if they received their second dose any earlier than May last year. There is an exception for those with a compelling reason. Eurostar services warned customers of the move on Wednesday with immediate effect, writing that if you have had your full vaccine course nine months ago or more and you haven't had a COVID vaccine booster, you must follow the rules for unvaccinated passengers to enter France. Britain has not yet set a time limit on when second jabs expire for travel purposes, but needing a booster to enjoy a test-free UK returns could come into force at the end of this month. Uh, travel tests are being dropped for the fully vaccinated, which currently means two jabs on February the 11th. In other news this morning, following discussions, an agreement has been reached ending strike action from bin collectors in Marseille, which has lasted 15 days. Following a last meeting held on Wednesday, Marseille bin collectors obtained a salary increase of €40 Euros brut per month. The negotiations also led to the consideration of the health situation in their working conditions with the application of the COVID clause, which allows agents during the pandemic to have time to change at home. The aim is to limit contact between bin collectors to prevent the spread of COVID. The National Rally presidential candidate Marine Le Pen will visit Toulon in the VAR tomorrow to unveil her defence programme. Two weeks after her visit to Fréjus, the candidate in the presidential election is expected to give a press conference on a boat that will sail in the harbour of Toulon. Meanwhile, French President Emmanuel Macron has cancelled his trip to Marseille. The head of state was due to attend the Forum of the Mediterranean Worlds on Monday and Tuesday of next week and was also expected to announce his candidacy for the presidential election. According to reports, Macron will now attend the forum by video conference. The City Council of Antibes is inviting students to apply for jobs for this summer season. From beach maintenance, tourist guide to security assistant, applicants have until March the 31st to come forward. The city is looking for 300 seasonal workers from May the 1st to September the 30th, depending on the activity. For more information, go to rivieradio.mc under this morning's news section. The Town Council of Valbonne is asking residents to vote to choose when the bell of the bell tower can ring. The bell has since October been muted due to repairs being carried out. The largest bookstore in France is to open its doors tomorrow and it's located in Saint-Laurent-du-Var. Dedicated solely to books with 38,000 references, the store is just in front of the main entrance to Cap-Trois-Mille. 
And finally, a recent study has warned that climate change is causing plants to bloom a month earlier in the United Kingdom. According to the authors of the study, if this trend continues, it will have repercussions on birds, insects and the entire ecosystems. The researchers examined 420,000 recorded dates of first flowering for more than 400 species uh, since the 18th century. The average date of the first blooms was about May the 12th until 1986. Uh, but since then, this date has been brought forward to April the 16th. In 2019, spring arrived 42 days earlier than the pre-1986 average. And according to researchers, this early flowering is strongly uh, correlated with the rise in global temperatures uh, since the 1980s. Riviera Radio, Sports News. Well, spring definitely broke out here yesterday, didn't it? It was beautiful. Goodness me. Do you think I should apply to be a tour guide in Antibes? <laughs> you could try. I'm not sure how successful you'd be. This is the blue lady. Just waiting here for a bit. <laughs> what else do you want to see? Now, the Duke's just round the corner. <laughs> Football, Celtic have gone top of the Scottish Premiership after beating Rangers 3-0 in the Old Firm derby at Parkhead. The victory ends Rangers' unbeaten streak of 13 games and could prove to be decisive in the race for the title as the season gets towards its business end. Celtic now lead Rangers by points at the top of the table, with both sides having played 24 games. In the English Championship last night, Cardiff were 1-0 winners of Barnsley and Huddersfield beat Derby 2-0. Here's more football from BBC Sports. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Andy Bowl at the BBC Sports Centre. The Liverpool forward Sadio Mane has become his country's joint all-time top scorer. Mane was on target with Senegal's third goal as they beat Burkina Faso 3-1 to reach the final of the Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon. Now, Arsenal will save around $20 million in salary with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang having left the club on a free transfer following a fallout with boss Mikel Arteta. And the Spanish giants Barcelona have confirmed that they've signed the striker on a deal which runs until June 2025. The former Premier League manager Neil Warnock believes the departure of their former captain will suit Arsenal. I think it's a good move. Yes, they've lost £60 million. Quit, aren't they? I mean, it's the first of many that they've lost over the last few years in value, but they've saved the wages. I think the, the dressing room's a lot better without him. I think I think they've shown that, and some of these young kids, you know, Saka and them, they've done really well. I'm, I've really enjoyed watching the young kids. The Manchester United footballer Mason Greenwood has been released on bail pending further investigation following his arrest on suspicion of rape and assault. The 20-year-old England striker was detained by police on Sunday. BBC Sports Maz Faruqi has more details. Greater Manchester Police confirmed this news in a brief statement earlier. They said a 20-year-old man arrested on Sunday on suspicion of the rape and assault of a woman has been released on bail pending further investigation. Police said Greenwood was arrested after they became aware of online social media images. Manchester United reiterated their strong condemnation of violence and the club said earlier this week that Greenwood would not return to training or matches until further notice. And for more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com slash football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. 
Cricket. The England director of cricket, Ashley Giles, has been sacked following the disastrous tour of Australia. Sir Andrew Strauss will take temporary charge of England affairs and will make arrangements for the forthcoming tour of the West Indies. Giles was appointed in 2018 and was in charge when the one-day side won the World Cup in 2019. But Test match cricket has seen the England side slide and they were thoroughly outclassed in the last Ashes tour. The future of coach Chris Silverwood is still unclear. Golf. Phil Mickelson has said that most of the world's top 100 players have been asked to join a Saudi Arabian-funded Super League. On Wednesday, Lee Westwood and Dustin Johnson revealed they'd signed non-disclosure agreements, which prevent them from talking about the issue. And Mickelson said that pretty much all of the world's top players have been contacted. Players who join the Super League could be banned from competing in the PGA Tour, as well as Europe's DP World Tour and future Ryder Cups. And at the Winter Olympics, Great Britain's mixed curling pair have won their opening doubles game ahead of the start of the Beijing Winter Olympics. Bruce Mouras and Jen Dodds beat the Swedish pair 9-5. Teams ranked in the top four once all ten competing nations have played each other will progress to the semi-finals. Hasn't even started yet. No. Do you like a bit of curling? I do. <laughs> oh. you, yeah, you've got into it, haven't you? I like curling, yeah. Where's, where's Eve Muirhead? She's, she's, she's the top player for Great Britain, I think. Here's the marine weather forecast uh, for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore of the Alamara Seam in Navarre. Uh, the general situation high pressure 1,030 millibars over southwestern France. Uh, winds are easterly, force 2 to 4. The sea is slight, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at uh, Saint Jean Cap Ferrat 1,080 millibars and the Alec for Friday. Clear skies, force 1 to 3 variable winds, calm seas, and good visibility. For North Corsica, winds are southwesterly, force 3 to 5. The sea is slight to moderate, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at Cap Course, 1,017 millibars. And the outlook for Friday, clear skies, force 3 to 5 southwesterly winds, slight to moderate seas, and good visibility. Riviera Radio, weather. Well, I always think that uh, spring starts in February here, and I wasn't wrong yesterday. Uh, I don't know if the whole month is going to be like this, but uh, it was absolutely gorgeous yesterday. Mainly fine, moderate easterly winds, temperatures 16 degrees today, overnight lows 7 to 10 degrees with partially cloudy skies. Friday and the start of the weekend, mainly fine, highs of 13 to 15 degrees, finally. Finally, according to a major study, a recent major study, they found that contrary to popular belief, Britons did not drink more alcohol during the first year of the pandemic. Researchers looked at data from 300,000 adults to see how the drinking habits changed during lockdowns. They found that the total number of alcohol units consumed each week did not change when the restrictions were imposed in March 2020. However, there was a shift to at-home drinking in the late evening during lockdown, as well as an increase in solitary drinking. Researchers at the University of Glasgow and University of Sheffield have found that on average people in England and Scotland have started drinking 35 minutes later than usual. For Scots during the lockdown the average time to start drinking was 25 minutes past six and for people in England it was four minutes past six. When the sun is past the yardarm. <laughs>